Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. Very happy, uh, of course, with the points because after 90 minutes, you want to leave the, the stadium with the, with the win. We prepare the same way as we would against any other opponent, you know, and, and for us, it's still about the football we play. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Paul Cooney, Leanne Crichton and Marvin Bartley. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Celtic up against Hearts tonight, aiming to narrow the gap. It's seven points at the moment after Rangers' one goal victory against Hibs last night at Easter Road. The penalty, was it controversial? What do you think? 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. We'll find the views of Leanne Crichton and Marvin Bartley in a few moments. Elsewhere last night, St Mirren and Ross County, it was nil-nil. A good win for Dundee against St Johnson. Danny Mullen, the scorer, and Aberdeen back winning, Marvin. 2-0, as you know, against uh, Livingston. You got back late last night, but you're looking fresh, but not the result you'd have hoped at Pataudry. No, as you said, you know, it was a it was a long night, a long trip back uh, after the result. Um, we were disappointed with our performance. We were disappointed with the first goal because it's offside. Um, but I'm sure we'll get into that later. Um, you know, but the boys are in today, obviously preparing for Sunday's game. Your old team, Hibs, up against Rangers. They did the business big time in the Premier Sports Cup semi-final. They're in the final, as we know, later this month with Celtic. What did you make of that moment last night? 1-0 to Rangers, the penalty. How did you see it? I'm very much with Jack Ross on this. You know, if it's if it's for your team, then then you're going to say it's a penalty all day long. If it's against you, you think it's harsh. Um, I think Ryan Porteous has put his foot out first and foremost. I think he's then read what Kent's trying to do. He tried to pull his foot away, but he's hit him on the ankle and, and there's contact, you know. So for the Martin Boyle one in the semi-final, I was very much say it was a clever play from Martin Boyle and I have to say the same thing for Ryan Kent. Okay, what do you think at home? Give us a call, 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Leanne Crichton, how did you see it then, that moment when he went down? Yeah, you know, the, the same as Marv, I think if you look at it and it's for your side, you're thinking yeah. excellent penalty. If it's against you, you might think it's soft, but at the end of the day, there's contact for me. It's a, it's a penalty. The laws of the game now, I don't think you can get away from it too much. There's probably occasions over the course of the season that we sit and debate, should it, shouldn't it? Um, for me last night, there was no doubt. What do you think? Give us that call. Loads to look forward to tonight, especially Celtic against Hearts. And, uh, well, can Celtic continue that winning run, Leanne? Because they have to. Seven points. I know there's one game in it, but uh, they can't afford to make it any wider. No, absolutely. I think when you play catch-up, there's always a, a little bit of pressure that comes with that. I think it'll be a you know a, a tough match tonight. Celtic um, in really good form. Hearts desperate to, to keep this run going and keep that momentum going at the, the top end of the table. So I think it'll be a different game being at Celtic Park than it was earlier in the season at Tynecastle. But I think it's a must-win for Celtic at this stage of the season. There's so many games in, in quick succession. I think it's seven or eight games over the course of December still to play. Um, I think points will be shipped you know, across the board. I think when you look at the, the league table, I think every team now can take points everywhere they go. There's shock results. Um, 
every round of fixtures so no tonight's another big one it's tight at the top isn't it Marvin it's different this year Rangers on the 36 points one game more than Celtic um, Celtic on 29 Hearts on 27 Dundee United on 25 Motherwell on 24 it's going to be pretty tight do you think it's going to go all the way yeah 100% but but then again I've said that before and there's <laughs> yeah. a gap's appeared but no I think it will you know I think Celtic are going to their stride now I think, you know, Rangers have probably been harshly treated um, by people saying, you know, they're not up to the, the form of last season. But again, you look at the league table, they're seven points clear. But for me, Celtic have been fantastic and I expect them to win today. Hearts don't travel too well. Um, you know, they've not been brilliant away from home so far this season. It's something that Robbie Nilsson said they want to improve. But for me, Celtic going forward are the best team in, in the Premier League at the moment. And you'll be hoping personally that uh, Hearts have a tough time tonight because your own Livingston face Hearts at the weekend. Yeah, hopefully they have you know, none of the ball. Uh, they're running around <laughs> all the time and then we can take advantage of that Sunday. All right, Celtic fans, what do you think for tonight? Or Hearts fans, if you're there listening <laughs> from the capital or whatever, 0808 17 17 700. We're pleased that Marvin isn't looking the way he was on Tuesday night <laughs> at Fair Park. I was quite worried about them there with with Ailey and with um, uh, Boydie. Uh, Boydie. Yeah. Chris Boyd was there, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit soft like that. <laughs> does, doesn't, <laughs> take, doesn't take much to put yeah, him back yeah, indoors. Yeah, and you're right, you're right. <laughs> I was saying to him, that's me yeah. done. You know, this, this is a lot more... Uh, better for me you know so it's a lot more warmer in here uh, than it was on uh, Tuesday and yeah. you were saying just as well he was looking fresh and stuff today no wonder he doesn't do much that <laughs> oh, uh, I joined in training today actually yeah. I rubbed the ears back yeah. winning team ran off Dougie Emery so he's be listening tonight so oh, yes. yeah good stuff are you missing it actually um, playing if I'm honest not really you know I've, I've, I've been in charge of kind of my exit out of, of the game so to speak although I'm still registered as a player um, I think you know somebody would have came to me and said that that's the end for you it would have been slightly different but it's a plan I've had for a long long time and you know now I'm implementing it so it's, it's my decision you know I, I've made it but um, after today's training session I might come back Marvin Bartley Leanne Crichton great to see the two of you here loads to come up in the next couple of hours that's one of the talking points last night uh, was it a penalty well yeah it was it was given and uh, a goal came our roof for Rangers was quite cool here's Cammy, a Rangers fan on the line good evening Cammy. hi guys good evening hi Cammy. how are you doing you happy about last yeah. night's result if, if maybe not the yeah. performance yeah I don't think the, the performance was as good as I've seen from Rangers in recent, in recent games but uh, I think all we needed it was a massive game last night and all we needed was the three points especially after what happened at Hamden against Hibs For sure here's what the manager said about the game A uh, very big win tough game as we expected before the game and I think uh, the game showed it was uh, was really close you know a lot of uh, you know uh, physical uh, play from both sides and um, not many chances I must say but yeah of course we will take the win because it's uh, three more points for us Leanne, it wasn't a classic to watch, but did I, did I see there was huge respect for each other, for, for the two teams. Yeah, and I think that's probably why the game played out the way it did. You know, Hibs having Martin Boyle back was a, a huge threat last night. I think he's always a player that teams are wary. Now we've gone up against whether it's a moment of magic or again that bit of trickery inside the box. I think you're always kind of conscious of overcommitting against them. So Hibs have got real quality within their, their ranks. I think they've been in a poor run of late and, and that's probably where also... Rangers were erring inside the caution with the performance but I think at the end of the day for Rangers it was all about the three points you can dissect the performance as much as you like but I know how it feels as a player especially at this time of the season when there's so many games I spoke about that if you can go you know, game to game and continually pick up three points you find yourself in a good place momentum is on your side and that's exactly where Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has got his side just now Cami, 84th minute when you were watching were you at home or were you at the match? I was at home watching the right. game. So what did you think when you saw it in real time when Ryan Kent was tackled by Ryan Portis? What was your reaction? 
for me, it was, for me, it's a penalty. I think straight away I, I said it was a penalty. Um, I can understand. I think it always looks worse. You watch it down in replays. You could always say, "Oh, it's soft and it's this and it's that." But for me, in real time, it's a penalty. Unfortunately, up in Scotland, or maybe fortunately for me, last night we've not got the luxury of VAR. But last night for me, it's a penalty. Let's hear what uh, the manager of Hibs had to say, Jack Ross, speaking about the penalty. And it's kind of in party lines, isn't it? I would be claiming for it and wanting it if it was um, in the opposite box. That doesn't mean to say I think it's a penalty. Uh, I know that sounds a bit contradictory, but I think you would ask for it. But having watched it again, obviously at the time I have no idea, I'm so far away. Having watched it again, I think Ryan does pull away. I think there is very little contact. I think it's 50-51 in terms of the referee decides to give it and obviously unfortunately for us he has. Marvin, you're not going to reconsider? <laughs> no, no, no. I, again, as I said, I, I'm with Jack. Um, I think it's one of those and, and Leanne said it earlier, there's yeah. contact in the box. You know, the player goes down for me, it's a penalty kick. It's a harsh one um, but there's no doubt about it for me. It's a, it's a penalty kick and something I'll definitely be appealing for. What do you make of Rangers under GVB, Marvin, and seeing some of the changes that he's made with the fullbacks? Yeah, yeah, they've made, he's made changes with yeah. the fullbacks also with the formation against us. Yeah. They went, you know, 4-2-3-1 and, you know, the two weren't actual holders. One of them was always running forwards. You saw Scott Arfield against us for the first goal, ran beyond the strikers, uh, or the striker, you know, got in on goal and put it into the back of the net. So there has been subtle changes. Um, you know, you kind of played the same way at Feyenoord and, you know, having someone like Scott Arfield who can run from deep, I think his game will go on to another level now because he was used more as a holder under Gerard. Mm. I don't think that suited him too much. He's very energetic. He can get around the pitch. So, you know, being able to make those runs and, and the rebo in the 10 for me, um, as a player I just look at and, and honestly he mesmerises me at times because he's probably the reason I retired playing against him I, yeah. didn't, I didn't fancy that you know being in the 6 and him being in the 10 but honestly for me I know you know other boys get the plaudits but for me he's a fantastic footballer really really is so tough to play against yeah, yeah. He, he, you know he keeps the ball away from you all the time he, he chops and changes you always just go to his left and now he's you know happy to go to his right hand side a little bit more but he's so creative you know he floats around the pitch where he glides around the pitch and our lads come off the game after playing against them on Sunday and said, you know, what a player he actually is. Um, I think he's fantastic. Cammy, are you excited about life under GVB? Absolutely. I've been, I've been really impressed by, uh, by the three games Rangers have had under him so far. Obviously, as you're talking about there, but there's subtle differences in, this, in the style that Rangers play. And I'm really liking it so far. Um, of the three wins, you can't realise three wins, two clean sheets. Clean sheets are something that Rangers are struggling for um, at the start of the season and now you know, our performances are coming back. That was something we were struggling with, and I've been really impressed so far. He's not getting any flack about the cup semi final, and I realise he'd just been there. The optics weren't good, Leanne. He was there at the stadium, and I remember saying beforehand, "What happens if Rangers are behind at halftime?" And the guys thought, "Well, the man, the new manager will go down." But you don't agree with that? No, I don't no. think so. No, I think if if he was going to be there on that day, he would have been there before. Uh, obviously, I think the discussion would have been that. Um, there perhaps wasn't enough time for him to change anything I feel like it would have been his decisions he would have been taking a, another manager's team effectively so um, it's probably a decision that he, he's going to have to live and die by in, in the west um, mm. of Scotland because you know if, if Rangers go through the season and they don't pick up silverware then <laughs> questions are going to be asked but um, 
so far he's picked up on the Monday off the back of that and, and things have only got better so it's going to take time though Marv spoke about those subtle changes mm. we spoke about it a lot on Monday as well with Barry on the show and speaking about the likes of Aribo and how he's taken his game to another level this season if Giovanni Van Bronckhorst can get the best out of players like that and hold on to them in the transfer window which is um, I heard a couple of transfer rumours yesterday yep. surrounding mm. Aribo we know Ryan Kent's been linked with a move away in that January window as well Glenn Kamara will be another player that they probably have a, a little bit of interest from so um, but certainly the changes I think what I've witnessed have looked positive for Rangers Cammy, who would you be most worried about if you lost just one of them in January which one would it last, be last season last season I would have probably said to you Ryan Kent and maybe I still would but with the way Joe Arrivo has been yeah. playing so far last season for me he's been our best player um, I'm the same as Leanne. I did see a few transfer rumours with the likes of Brentford yep. and Cassie Villa being strongly linked with Ryan Kent. So, if I'd, probably those two would be uh, Ryan Kent and Joey would, would be the two I'd, I wouldn't want to lose. Glenn Kamara, I don't think you'd want to see him go, but for the price that you got him for, it would be great business by Rangers if they managed to get a good amount of money for him. Leanne, do you think some of them, one of them might go to the Birmingham area, to Villa Park? <laughs> certainly a strong possibility um, I think if you're a, a betting man or woman you, you probably would hedge your bets that, that one could go and and I guess that wouldn't be unrealistic the way that Stephen Gerrard spoke about those players when he was a manager at the club and the price tags that were put on them and even Nathan Patterson's maybe another one that, that could be tempted away if that it continues that he's not in the squad you know um, it depends what his ambitions are as well but I think there certainly will be interest in these players without a shadow of a doubt because they've now shown what they can do over a number of seasons. You know, we speak about a couple of the players just now at Celtic and that was a discussion in Monday. Maybe they haven't quite proven it yet over and over again, whereas like say Ryan Kent have been there, seen it, done it now. They've got themselves to a level that probably the next thing for them is to go and move on. But for Rangers' sake, they'll be hoping that comes in the summer and not January. Marvin, nobody knows English football like you. You played at the highest level there. Um, who would you see a couple of them that might really fit in in England? Obviously, Joe Rebo at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And as Leanne said, you know, Ryan, Ryan Kent would be another one. Yep. Um, Kamara also. I, I think all three of them can go down there and, and do extremely well. You know, I think they're fantastic footballers. I think they're playing at the top of their games right now. Um, Ryan Kent, obviously, he's had the, had the injury, came back. He's looked a lot fresher for that. Um, and sometimes, you know, going to a new club, you find another level again. It gives you that little spark. But obviously, you know, Rangers fans aren't going to be happy with us trying to sell their players. No, we sound like sure. agents. Yeah. But um, no, listen, <laughs> those three could definitely go down the road and, and definitely do well. Um, but, you know, I, I think Rangers will want to do that in the summer rather than January, you mm-hmm. know, with the with the massive prize of Champions League football if you finish first this year. And that came out, didn't it, Cammy, at the AGM? They did say that they don't have to sell players in January. Yeah, it's something that I find quite hard to believe. Um, but obviously I think you said that every football club does need to sell but yeah. I think they spoke they spoke on Rangers qualifying for Europa League football brings in 2 million that could poss- possibly be why but I don't buy it I reckon Rangers will need to sell a player in January I'm going to ask you about the weekend in a second uh, GVB as we're calling him Giovanni van Bronckhurst was talking about how he used the subs last night there has to be competition in any in any team in any squad so so I have to uh, pick my 11 and also uh, change the game with my subs so uh, you know it, uh, I think that's fair that's my role to see what the, the, the team needs at moments of the game and uh, you know I wanted to bring in Sakala 
and then we got the penalty and I switched to Lundstrom. So those are moments you have to decide and I think today um, I decided well. Good game management, which wasn't there and that's no disrespect, no harm to David McCallum and the other team, but they didn't have that in the semi-final. No, absolutely. And I think that it's absolutely so important that you pick up these three points, especially in that position in the game, to be brave enough to, to see a player to sit back down again, <laughs> you know, when you're, you're almost ready to go on the pitch. Uh, it's tough if you're that player that's waiting and ready to come on, but it's for the greater good of the team and it certainly was a, a, a good decision. You could see Lundstrom last night, even when he came on in, in that short time, just managing the game, a more defensive-minded player that can, can use that and use his head and... Um, see the game out Did that ever happen to you? Were you ever ready stripped ready to go and then Leanne sorry change your plan was never sub no. I don't know what substitute is <laughs> I don't know if I've, I've been binned for the sidelines but I do certainly know that there's been moments in the game where we've chopped and changed um, I have known a couple of players that have refused to go on so late in a game yeah. Back in the earlier uh-huh. days, yeah, going on for maybe 90 seconds or something and, and they've not been too happy. Marvin, what about yourself? No, I was always going on for my appearance. That 90 <laughs> seconds, yeah, I, was, I was happy with that. But no, listen, I've experienced it as well where players have refused to go on. Um, but, you know, you're talking about the game management of yesterday, obviously they, they scored the goal, so you no longer need an attacking player. So, you know, it's, it's it good to sense. be reactive. Yeah, of course, yeah. definitely. Cami, what's your prediction tonight? Celtic up against Hearts? Um... Very tough game for Hearts. Obviously, Celtic are very strong at home this season. I'll probably go for a, a 2 0 Celtic win tonight. 2 0 Celtic. For the weekend, Dundee United say they're confident the game with Celtic will go ahead despite the storm Arwen damage. So that's some good news that it should be okay. But let me talk about Dundee. Rangers this weekend for you, Cami. What are you feeling? Three points there, although Dundee, good win for them last night. Yeah, it was, it was a very good win for Dundee last night, but. I think with the way Rangers were playing last night, I know we spoke on the performance last night, but to get to these points, I, I can confident again Saturday to come away with an all three points and um, and a good performance. And we were saying yesterday, who's the best number one that you've ever seen in football? Let's carry it on today. Who's yours? Because a lot of people spoke to me about it today. So, Cammy, who'd be your the favourite goalkeeper you've ever seen? The best goalkeeper could be a different thing, couldn't it? <laughs> What do you think, Cammy? Oh, yeah. Um, I'll go for Manuel Neuer. Right. Absolutely magnificent. And nearer home then, what about, was it McGregor or Gorham? Or was that before your time, Andy Gorham? Yeah, that's before my time, Andy Gorham. So I would so, have to choose. I would have to choose Alan McGregor. Cammy, thanks a million for calling. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go! We're in the company of Leanne Crichton, the former, now 75 caps, Scotland player, formerly with Glasgow City, and now with Motherwell, an assistant coaching as well, and enjoying that. And we've got the assistant manager of Livingston, Marvin Bartley is with us. I still think he is going to play at some point this season. I've just got that feeling that he he'll come on. He looks young enough to play anyway, <laughs> Paul, doesn't he? Does. Yeah. Looks can be deceiving, Leon. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, Celtic fans? Uh, we'll go on the lines to you in a moment or two. You're playing tonight against Hearts and that's where it all began this season. Ange Postacoglu was just in the door. Kyogo was just off the, the plane in from Japan. Uh, Starfelt had been only there a few days and then you lost that John Suter moment towards the end of the game. What's going to happen tonight? Because tonight you're seven points behind Rangers but it has been remarkable hasn't it Marvin the turnaround at Celtic in four months yeah it really has you know he's been been really positive with the way he wants to play you know he's came out to the public and, and said you know, I'm not going to change my ways we're going to have to adapt to it um, no matter who they're playing they go out and they attack 
And I think that's, you know, really reassuring for the players. You know, to hear your manager come out and say, we're going to attack no matter what, you know what your job is. You go into the team as an attacking player, you need to create or you need to be scoring. And that's the pressure those players will thrive under. But he said the turnaround has been impressive. You know, so it were, were, were terrible, I think, by, by their standards last season. And um, they didn't start this season too well. The, the pressure was kind of on them. But again, if they win today, they're four points behind and, and, and they're in a good position. They're, they're chasing. You know, it's a lot easier to chase at this point than it is to to lead. Um, you know, and I expect them to take Rangers to the wire and I think it'll be the flip of a coin who wins it. This time last night, the former Celtic star Davy Proven said if Celtic were to lose Kyogo through injury, then it would be they'd be that one injury away from disaster for them. They would miss him so badly. Jukamakis, of course, not fit just now. There's no other striker at the moment at the club. Yeah, no, listen, he's a, he's a fantastic player. There's no doubt about it. And when we played him and he was on the bench, it was almost a boost for our players. But I think that's been disrespectful to their other attacking players. Yes, you'll lose him and he's an important player. Alfredo, if he's missing for Rangers, he's an important player. You know, Martin Boyle for Hibs, you can, you can go on and on. But I think they've got more attacking players that, that they can, you know, survive without him. Would they want to? No, of course not. They definitely have, you know, attacking players where they'll still be a force. See you on that, Marv. I was at that game at Celtic Park and it was an outstanding performance in Livingston's part that day. Um, and I know you dissect it on social media afterwards, yeah. but I thought it was really good um, in terms of the defensive shape and how you guys worked it. But see, at the start of the game when those team lines came out, what? why was it a boost for Livingston that Kyogo didn't start? What is it about his game Yeah. That- it makes it much easier, not easier to play against, but certainly gives you that wee incentive. Because he floats around so much, you know, he's willing to actually do everything. As a centre forward, he's willing, normally get one that's willing to run behind. You know, he's willing to run behind, he's willing to come short, he floats to the left and, and floats to the right. So he's very difficult to pick up. We knew our communication would, would be massive um, in terms of talking him on and passing him on. Um, but we also know if you give him a yard in the box, it's, it's going to result mm-hmm. in a goal. So you have to be concentrated, you know, as a defensive player as well, for 90 minutes. Yeah. Very, very difficult. So we prepared to play against him when we saw the team lines and he wasn't there. There was a lift from the defenders because don't get me wrong, obviously they're scared to go, not scared, but you know, you're mm-hmm. knowing you're going to play against mm-hmm. a top, top player. Um, and, and when he wasn't playing, it, it was a massive boost for us. He did come on, he come on the pitch rather. But by that point, we were, we were in kind of, we were going the way we were going, we were doing well, we were defending well. And we found it a lot easier to deal with him than you know if it would have been from the start of the game. Yeah, I think Celtic are a completely different team without Kyogo in it. Uh, genuinely, and I, and I take Davy's point on board. I think if if Celtic were to lose Kyogo for any run of games, um, especially at this running, this vital part of the season, because it is vital. I know you're saying it's easier to chase at this stage, but yep. to go and maybe drop another couple of points, mm-hmm. even within a couple yep. of games, before you know it, that's maybe seven points turns to nine. You're, you're not too far off with double figures. Um, psychologically, it becomes a, a really tough place. So, But I just think he's outstanding. Sure. He's a mm-hmm. top, top talent. And with him in that Celtic side, they are frightening going forward. Yep. I think he links the entire mm-hmm. team so well, um, brings the wide players into play, gets those midfielders going beyond them. He's got everything to his game. And if it is going to be that tight at the end of the season, that could have been a seminal day. Could have been a huge day. And we had loads of calls saying, why is Kyogo not starting? Even if you only play him for 60 minutes or whatever, he is a bit special and it's no harm to a Yeti or whatever, but the January is going to be big for them. What about the transfer window? We spoke about Rangers at the beginning. What about Celtic come January? We've been working towards it for a while and all our planning, again, is about making sure that, you know, that, that we get the deals, the ones we want done as early as possible to give the players. But, as you guys are all aware, we're living in a in a weird world right now, you know. Things change day to day and I can sit here and say, yeah, we'll have everything done and then, you know, the world decides a different fate for us all. So, um, you know, we, we've just got to be, again, agile, dynamic, but we're doing our work. Um, I'm really confident in the progress we're making and 
you know, the, the ideal is, yes, we have our deals done early and, and players come in early. Um, at the same time, understanding that, you know, there, there are always little obstacles that, that can't be foreseen and, and we just got to be make sure that we we do the stuff on our part um, as well and as efficiently as possible, which I think we are doing, um, and be ready that, you know, if, if the opportunity is there for us, that we can strike early. He talks some really good sense, doesn't he, with this uh, Omicron, you know, on the front pages, everywhere, it's dominating. We just don't know what's going on in the world, do we? And who knows what's going to happen uh, in January, but it looks as though Hatati would be on the way in Maeda, Hatati being a, a left fullback. Yeah, but as Ange Postacoglu says, I think being agile and dynamic in this time, two very good words probably to describe the, the situation and the way you need to approach it. Um, you can prepare as well as you can, but also prepare for the worst case scenario as well, that that might not come to fruition. So, um, But you've got to be on the ball, Marvel, know how important it is at this stage of the season as well. If you can get one or two top additions in and give the squad a boost as well and just get that bit more structure and depth to the squad, it certainly puts you in a good place for the second half of the season. I just love the way he speaks and how proactive they are now being. You know, I think it's a, it's a big change um, that he's came in and made. They're no longer reactive. I, I think for, for far too long in our, in our game, we have been reactive. Suddenly a player goes, you know, down to England or into Europe for big money and then clubs are scrambling around. He's getting these things in place right now. I think genuinely that Celtic could lose any player and he'll have a list of three or four that he wants to go and look at and possibly bring in. Will they all be, you know, as good as the players going out? Maybe not. But he's definitely got a list and, you know, as I said, you know, people out there might be thinking, well, that's how you should be, but I can guarantee you in football, it's not always that way. So it's refreshing to hear the, the way he goes about his business and, you know, I think he's been a great addition to our game. What about this man who came in in the summer, Juranovic? He's speaking, uh, first time I've heard him uh, last night when he was on the show and speaking about Hearts. We are looking at some videos from Hearts. Uh, they play well, 3-4-3. Three, three. Uh, we want to play even better than... Uh, Last game, uh, we want to improve. We want to growing like a team, and uh, if we want to achieve our goals, we want we we must to play attacking football, scoring goals, and defending well. Leanne, are you impressed with him? As a player, or he's Both. he's English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, very much. So I think he's one of those players that's getting better um, game by game. Just thinking back to the the Penenka penalty as well different class my heart skipped a beat as it hit the bar for him just because I thought you've got to be a brave player that goes and tries it I would never consider it um, and it just makes you wonder why he never hit that penalty a few weeks back or last month when mm. uh, he was on the pitch against Livingston so um, but, no, he, yeah. <laughs> but no he's a, he, he is a, a, a top player I think he, he will only get better as the season goes on I think once you settle into any new environment and, and get to know your teammates and, and everything around you you get better anyway Marvin one defender to another what do you think of him? No I think he, again with Leanne I think he's brilliant and Leanne spoke about coming into a new environment and a new league but he's going from left to right back like nobody's business he's, and he yeah. just seems to be perfect in both and <laughs> No, for us who have played football, it's so hard. You know, even at times being a right of a three centre midfield and going to the left, it's different. He's going from right back to left back, mm. and again, he, you know, he's so assured in what he's doing. He's so confident. You know, he'll pick up the ball on the left hand side. He'll, he'll drive up the line. He'll try and play balls inside. So yeah, he's been a great addition again to them, and I think he's definitely improved the team. Go Radio Football Show, Marvin Bartley and Leanne Crichton with me, Paul Cooney. Marvin, would you give a hello now to our caller, Derek, a Rangers fan? Give us the hello you gave us when you came into the studio. <laughs> I was rushing in. You are right, Derek, pal? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Derek. What's happening? Hi, <laughs> Paul. Does the panel actually believe that any Rangers player is good enough to play the English in the English Premiership. As you know, Paul, me and Barry said many an argument about yeah. Austin Edwards. 
he struggled down there, and he was a class player up here. I don't think there are any player good enough to play at that level down in England. Maybe Kamara and that fish can, but there's no other player in Rangers good enough for that level. Right, and Derek, as uh, many of you will know, is a Rangers fan, but he has had uh, you know this battle with Barry at times about it. So, well, first of all, you said Edward. Is it Edward? He started well at Crystal Palace, didn't he? I would think. Yep. Okay. I think not that Palace are struggling. I think they've totally changed the way that they are playing as a team. I think they've lost a few key additions to their starting lineup in recent weeks. When I've been keeping across, I always keep an eye on Palace because. I grew up with James McArthur and it's always one of the scores in the weekend that I look out for. I know James hasn't been in the team and he's a huge part of what Crystal Palace do in terms of that energy and the engine room behind it. So I think um, that transition under Vieira just now has certainly looked good in the beginning. I think what always happens when that changes is that the team then struggles to keep up that level of consistency. But I wouldn't by any means say that they're struggling. I think Edwards went down to again a new environment, Derek. We're just speaking about that and, and you don't always hit the ground running. But I think the the quality that I've seen in certain players, Edward being one, Ryan Kent certainly being another, would he go down and would he start week in, week out? That's maybe up for question, you know, because I think he, again he would need to adapt, he would need to get used to that speed of play and probably a different type of physicality. Um, the same way players that come from England with a lot of noise at times don't always settle in the, the Scottish game so I don't know if anybody would ever say that you're not good enough to go and play in Scotland but there's been some big names that have come to Scotland and have certainly disappointed Marvin what do you think? Uh, yeah well, Derek on Mar- you go Marvin, yeah. uh, Marvin did Rangers surprise you a wee bit on Sunday with playing just one holding midfielder did that surprise you slightly well, that it changed his formation? No, no, no. We 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 had expected it to happen. Um, you know, I think I think Artfield did start in there with him. But the problem that we did have was Artfield running from so deep. As, as you can imagine, you know, the deeper he's running from, the more attacking players that we're expecting to track him, um, and and that in there lies the problem. Um, you know, you don't really have your number ten or or your wingers wanting to track back that far, and our communication wasn't great. But it didn't surprise us because he played the same way at Feyenoord. You know, he played with what like a two there, but one was a real holder and the other one was running forward. So we obviously had uh, Kamara and Arfield doing that. So it didn't surprise us. We just we just couldn't stop it. You know, as I said, you know, we probably moved a little bit too early as a defensive line, and you know, Arfield ran through the middle and, and put it in the back of the net. What about Derek's question though? That he thinks as a Rangers fan, but he's not sure that any of them would really make it at the moment in the top flight in England. No, of course they would. Of course, of course they would. You know, we're not talking about Rangers going down as a team and playing in the Premier League at this moment in time. We're talking about individuals going down there. You know, you can't tell me Ryan Kent goes into you know, the Premier League, and he's the worst left winger in the Premier League out of all 20 clubs. You can't tell me that Kamara can't go down or Rebo. People would have said the same about John McGinn. You know, people would have said the same about John McGinn. And look what he's doing down there now. I think, you know, for far too long, we've spoken badly about the game and saying, our oh, players can't do this and players can't do that. Those players can go down to England and make an impact. You know, and we speak about Edward going down to Palace and Leanne said, you know, he's gone to a new league with a new manager and they're changing the way that they are playing. I think he's got three games and 11 appearances. You've got Ollie Watkins, who's got four goals in 12 appearances, and everyone's speaking him up for another move. So that just shows you sometimes a narrative. You know, we'll look at players and say, oh, he's not doing very well. But you've got Ollie Watkins, on the other hand, has got one more goal, probably started more games because Edouard's been coming off the bench, and yet he's been linked with a move to a bigger club. So, yeah, I, I think you're wrong on that one, Derek. Um, I think you do have players that are good enough to go down there. I think Celtic have players that are good enough to go down there. Um, as I said, as individuals, and they'll go into teams where it works for them. You put Kamara in uh, Brentford, for example, a team that plays from the back, he'll be absolutely fine. You put him in a Palace, he'll be fine. You know, at times I even thought, you know, before you put him in Arsenal again, and, and it'll, it'll be absolutely fine. I think he is that good a player. 
again, it's about finding the right club for them. You put them in, you know, a Burnley or something like that, it might not suit them because of the style of play that they play. But you find the right club for those players, and I'll tell you right now, you know, they'll be absolutely fine with it and, you know, they go on to excel. Derek, you pleased? How pleased are you to see Billy Gilmer playing again on loan? Wasn't playing for uh, weeks, but black, back and uh, man of the match for Norwich. I would like to have seen him at Rangers, but obviously that wasn't to be. Uh, but he's a cracking young player, but uh, and I think he'll go on to a, a bigger level in Norwich. No disrespect to Norwich, but I think he'll go on to a far bigger level in Norwich. Uh, I would like to see him maybe come back to Chelsea one day. Uh, what about uh, Stephen Gerrard's won the first two games so a great start uh, last night Phil but it was Man City I, I, so uh, yeah. I, I, I think Paul and you know I didn't rate him as a Rangers manager I think he'll do well in England when most teams come out and attack him when he did really well against Celtic and in Europe when the teams came out and attacked him I think he'll do really well down there actually I think he'll surprise a few people Leon, That's an interesting one uh, I think again he's, he's probably got a lot to prove and he's certainly got many years to go in his managerial career but coming up I think under the, the pressure that he did up to Scotland the remit that he was given with the budget that he had I know he was, was backed in the end by the club but I think ultimately to go and deliver what he did for Rangers was a massive achievement for him I think when he looks back in it um, come the end of his career it'll be interesting to see how much more he achieves between now and then and, and where that achievement will rank but I think Steven Gerrard will, will do okay down in England he's getting in there I think he's got the, the name that matches it anyway I think he will always attract a calibre of player and I think for now clubs will always take a gamble on him based on his experience so it'll be an interesting one I think he, even now you can probably see a lot of Scottish football fans are now probably tuning back into the English Premier League and I think this weekend it's yeah. uh, Leicester Leicester yeah, yeah so it's Gerrard against Rodgers again which will be is that Rangers Celtic or is it no that was two years ago wasn't it <laughs> three years ago not that long ago uh, but uh, yeah well can I give a shout out to my mate who listens every night Wally Summerville but he never phones in just shout him out and tell me to phone in one night please <laughs> you've just told him Willie get on the blower Derek listen thanks very much for calling cheers Derek hey, cheers Paul cheers all the best everybody. thank you um, yeah He's always really honest, Derek, and he's quite a hard taskmaster, isn't he? You yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's the first time I've ever spoken to him. But yeah, yeah he wasn't very complimentary of his, his, his players, was he? Um, but no, listen, as I said before, I think, you know, far too many times you think that the Scottish games are Sunday League League for some reason. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm, I'm telling you now, I've played against players down there that wouldn't come up here and do well. You know, equally, I've played against players up here that wouldn't go down to England yeah. and do well. But when you're talking about these players that are at the top of the Scottish game, they go into the English Premier League and, and they improve teams, no doubt about it. Just finishing off there on uh, Stephen Gerrard, I haven't seen you since it happened. I heard you on uh, with Rob and Leanne. You think he'll do well at Aston Villa? You can see the respect. We all know it. We've had him here. The English game knew him better than we did. Because he's been away for three and a half years, you see it in all the you know the sky on match of the day, whatever. Yep. The respect there is for Steven Gerrard and it's having a bit of a bounce and an effect for Villa already. No, no, definitely. But the most important person or people for him to get respect from are his players. Because without them, regardless of what you know what the media are saying, without them, you, you don't do anything. They've won two games out of three. They've been beaten, unfortunately, by Man City from, from their point of view, 2-1 yesterday. But, you know, he's made subtle changes again to them. You know, he's not gone in and said, right, we're going to play exactly the way Rangers did because Rangers were possession dominant up here. You know, you go and play against Manchester City, you're going to hardly see the ball. You know, you see it maybe once every 10 minutes, for example. So they're, they're playing on more on the counter-attack and he's made changes and he's, he's won two games, which makes a massive, massive difference. But, you know, I spoke to John and he, he's so complimentary about them. He said they've been absolutely fantastic. He said they've been a real breath of fresh air. He had a real tight and close relationship with Dean Smith. You know, he was sad to see him go, but he said, you know, Gerrard's came in and it's been brilliant because those players are judging him straight away. 
you know, people say, oh, he had a big playing career. It doesn't matter. When you go in as a manager, it's totally different. So he might have, you know, all up in his head. But if he can't articulate it properly, then none of the players are going to get it. And he can do that. And he's got Michael Beale. He's got McAllister alongside him. And they work really, really well together. And the Aston Villa players have taken to it really, really well. And, you know, they're enjoying their football. And for Rangers, the transition, they've brought in another really big name. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst will speak more about him. I thought it was lovely that Stephen Gerrard mentioned Dean Smith the other night. The, his second victory and he mentioned Dean Smith because often, you know, you have to look ahead, not back. But it was a tribute to the man who did so much at Villa. No, it is, and that just shows you probably the, the respect that Stephen Gerrard mm-hmm. has got for others and recognises the position that they've been in. And, you know, sometimes I think you can go into a club that's in crisis and there's so much to be done. Maybe Stephen Gerrard's also felt that that's not quite the case, you know, in the situation that he's taken over and that actually it's just a group of players that are maybe needing that freshness and just a couple of changes here and there that gives everybody a lift, but not a level of respect that you, you know, it's nice to see in the game. We're going to get the team news fairly soon. Marvin, will you have it? Somebody will phone you, won't they? The Celtic <laughs> or Hartsley, and you might have it. And we have to tell the listeners that uh, you're wearing uh, the Livingston training top and the, the tracksuit it's a lovely light blue colour how would we describe this, it this is yeah. a playing top I've got my number 40 on that's, that's the squad that they're giving me Leanne lack of respect to what I've done in the game eh? you could only imagine Paul how late he would have been if he'd have changed before he got here <laughs> just as well we've been subjected to that kit we might get that one up in the socials that could be a great Christmas present oh, just God. a hint <laughs> the Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com don't miss out on huge savings on your new taxi available Exclusively to the Taxi Trade. Let's go. The Go Radio Business Show is back on Sunday morning, 10.30 till 12. The special guest this week is Nicholas Muirhead, the joint MD of Scottish Leather Group. And also Stuart Patrick, Chief Executive of the Glasgow Chamber of Commerce, will also be on the show telling us what's happening business-wise here <laughs> in the great city of Glasgow, second city of the Empire. Scotland's first city, Leanne, you would say? Oh, absolutely. The football is. capital? Of course it is. Marvin, the commercial capital? You're in between the two. But <laughs> he doesn't get yeah. Seeing this yeah. poll come I, I, I was going to guess Livingston so yeah, yeah you're right there keep me out of it <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people move from Glasgow to Livingston so uh, we claim it in the west but welcome to everyone who's tuning in from the great capital as well back to the business programme that's on Sunday morning 10.30 in the boardroom Sir Tom Hunter and Lord Hockey business insight advice and taking your calls and questions if you have any questions go business at thisisgo.co.uk it's a terrific programme and Andrew Walker's listening in the CEO of Johnson Carmichael at the moment on the train on the way to Aberdeen also listening and she is going to celebrate a big birthday tomorrow December the 3rd it's your Nana she certainly is it's incredible no honestly she's um yeah, it's her birthday tomorrow and yep. she doesn't want anybody to speak about it. At the slightest <laughs> mention, she's like rolling her eyes. <laughs> she ain't interested, but I, I am actually more excited about her birthday than, than probably she is. But no, she's 90 tomorrow, so <sighs> quite incredible. Wow. Fit as a fiddle. Puts everybody to shame. Still oh, gets out and about, does her own thing. Um, keeps us all right. Loves the football, so I, I phone her after every show and we dissect the, the chat that we've had. No, genuinely. Yeah, tunes in. She's got Sky Sports, BT Sport watches every game that's on TV um, she's well across it uh, and after every show if I've worked or, or been at a game I give her a wee buzz and we chat about the game and she tells me uh, what nonsense I was speaking on TV and, <laughs> and she would have said this and she that's a, that's a long call <laughs> <laughs> can we get her on the we phone we can actually just get her on the show exactly. actually, and I'll just leave let's, oh no, let's get her on the phone what's the secret to that success 90 years tomorrow it's phenomenal oh, I wish I knew I wish yeah. I knew I want to sign her up for a coach at Livingston though to be honest yeah. she can dissect it like that oh, That'd be fantastic. Honestly, she was renowned at, at, when I played at Glasgow City. It actually yeah. came to the point the girls were saying, Look, it's your nana coming to the game. 
and she would mm. come along to Mo. Mm. She was at our last game that we played at, at home for Motherwell just the other week and that was against Glasgow City and we have a laugh because the, the girls are on edge because they know that she'll just say it how it is. Yeah. You know, if you finish it for a good game, she'll, she'll let you know. But if yeah. you've not, she's equal, <laughs> equally letting you know that you've not played well. So quite an incredible woman. Um, 90 tomorrow. That's the great thing about football, isn't it? It unites people. Simon Donnelly, he's just celebrated his birthday and today... It's uh, Chris Burke and they'll both join us on Saturday afternoon 2 till 5 and the biggest game for us obviously uh, Dundee against Rangers and my daughter Caroline is also her birthday tomorrow Oh the birthday So yes yeah, birthday, birthday central uh, Let's hear from Ange Postacoglu speaking about the big match tonight Celtic against Hearts and yeah he knows uh, it's going to be tough It's an interesting run everyone game's got its challenges and um, you know from our perspective it's about continuing our you know positive form over the last uh, you know 10 games or so in the league and um, particularly at home we want to make sure that we uh, continue uh, the momentum we've built with our performances and um, and uh, looking again for a positive result. Looking for a positive result is Sean, Celtic fan is on the line. Good evening, Sean. Good evening, guys. How are we doing? Yeah, I think everyone's okay getting excited for the, the birthday tomorrow for, Absolutely. for your nan. Is it another birthday actually? No, Come maybe, maybe not. Um, Marvin... We're in good form, aren't we? After that, lo- that's a long journey back from Aberdeen, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But Liam, yeah. what are you saying? I don't, no. I don't know if there's. That might, yeah, maybe be another one. We'll come back yeah, to that over later. The weekend, Paul, is it? Yeah, maybe tomorrow as well. Oh, we should have brought. I should have brought a cake in. Exactly. Like, this is getting out of control. This is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, let's get it back to the football here, uh, so I can get my wages. Uh, <laughs> what do you want to say to Marvin and Leanne uh, uh, about this game tonight? Yeah, I'm just. Anybody's kind of thoughts on the game. I know Celtic kind of started over Aberdeen at the weekend. Just what's everybody's thoughts about the game tonight? We know what we're going to expect. The Harps are always a tough team to beat. I know they've not been in the greatest of form the last few games. I think they've only won two at the last six, but they're sitting third in the league. And they'll, 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 they'll not make it easy for us tonight anyway, that's for sure. Just two points in it. Yeah, no, I definitely expect a, a tough game for Celtic, but it's definitely a game also that I expect Celtic to come through. Um, you know, I think your attacking players at this moment in time are absolutely unbelievable. Um, you know, I think, especially when you're playing at home, it's extremely hard to stop them. Um, I'll be speaking about it off air, actually, when, when Hearts came to uh, Celtic Park over on the season in the Cup, and the first half they tried to defend, and I think they were maybe 2-0 down, and then they came out and attacked in the second half and had a few chances, so be very interesting to see the tactics that Robbie Nielsen tries to implement today. Um, Leanne also said, you know, if they attack too early, they might leave, you know, a lot of gaps in behind, which is definitely true. But I don't think they can they can go to Celtic and, and just sit behind the ball and try and defend and, and hope for kind of a nil-nil. I think they need to go and attack and try and put Celtic under pressure because, again, Hearts are fantastic attacking players and, and with boys up front, you've always got a chance. No, I would, I would agree with that, Marv, as well. And I think tactics will be really important tonight. Now, I do wonder if Robbie Nielsen might change things. Mm. I know... Um, Beningham is out yeah, tonight, yeah. so uh, and he's a huge miss. Yeah, he's part of that engine room in the middle of the pitch. I watched them Motherwell against Hearts at Fir Park the other week. I thought they were really disappointing, but credit to Motherwell, they were absolutely on it that day. Um, bossed it from start to finish. They won that midfield battle. They really get after Hearts, uh, stopped them playing out. So I just wonder if there'll be a tweak to the system tonight with that in mind mm-hmm. in terms of the personnel that they're probably without. And at Celtic Park, I think it always is a different game. I mentioned that game at Tynecastle earlier in the season. I think it's always different when you've got the home support on side. If Celtic get into their stride, it's going to be a really tough night for them. Uh, I think Celtic will be out to prove a point. I think they'll be desperate to just go and attack for the very first minute, we know, to the very last minute, yeah. um, regardless of how the game goes. 
Um, and if Hearts don't get it right, it, it really could be a tough night for them. Mm-hmm. But Sean, you know your team had just come back from Germany uh, late on Thursday, and then yeah. there was Bertie's funeral on Friday morning. The whole team were there. Um, yeah. you know, it was an emotional time for many people there. Do you think that might have been part of it against Aberdeen? Just you know, the, the exertions. I mean, two no, one up with eight minutes yeah. to go in Germany was uh, was a real chance for them. What do you think? Oh, yeah. it was heartbreaking. I don't want to think about that game. <laughs> Sorry, don't want to. But no. As you said, it was a it was a stuffy game. Aberdeen just they did come for a point, and we took every bit of luck possible getting the deflecting off Cal McGregor bum. So yep. I'll take that any day of the week. <laughs> Sean, who would you <laughs> yeah, want? No, yeah, they did run themselves into the ground. So the, mo- the most important thing during this Christmas period, games are coming thick and fast. You're getting one game, you're, you can't even digest it, and then basically we're thinking about Sunday against Dundee United. So. Three points, no matter how we get it, is the most important thing, yeah. I'm going to mention two players who were in the fringes last year, in fact, probably for years now, Tom Rogic and also Nir Beaton. Yep. They're both available, I think, tonight. Yep, it looks like it, yeah. I think they probably I would throw them in, definitely. I think I don't think McCarthy's lived up to his expectations at all. Does he just and need game Rogic, time, maybe? Yeah. I'm, I'm saying that, I think he does, but even when he is playing, he's not really... <laughs> he's not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. He's not really. You you're not watching the game and going, "Oh, McCarthy played well." He's not. He's not been a standout. There's nobody coming out the, out the games and coming out and saying, "Oh, McCarthy, or he, he did anything wow or anything. Mm-hmm. He did anything good." And yeah. I think mm-hmm. Rodrigo will probably come back in for Turnbull because I think I think Turnbull crying out for a rest. Yeah. It's interesting though. You 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 maybe could see Rogic coming back in. I think he's been outstanding this season. Um, a real top operator. He's, I've said it before, he's taking his game at another level. I think the way Celtic are playing and the way Ange Postacoglu wants to say to play really suits him. Uh, he gives him that something different in the middle of the pitch as well, both that physicality and he's a technician. Um, I think Celtic miss him now when he's not in the squad or at least not coming off the bench. And McCarthy, I, I probably need to sit on the fence where I don't know if I've seen enough of him mm-hmm. in a run of games, starting games and, and really getting to grips with, again, how the team are being asked to play. It's probably very different to the type of style that James McCarthy's operated. It was at Crystal Palace last season. Um, I don't think they were getting after teams and, and playing that relentless attacking style. Uh, he's coming in again to a new team. He's had a couple injuries. Fitness has been up and down. I know how much he would have wanted to get back to Celtic. I know as a young boy that was a dream for him as well to go and play there. So I think he'll give it everything he's got to, to really contribute but I think there's so many players just now for Celtic that are standouts, Marv. Yeah. And you see that in, in players that we're speaking about. So maybe not necessarily speaking about James McCarthy. Mm. Is he doing anything wrong, though? Maybe just that he's not quite hitting the headlines. Yeah, but also, like you said about the injury, he's had you know, a stop-start probably the last two and a half years of his career. Yeah. It's very, very difficult to then you know come up to a new team. And like you said, he, he has had his problems here, a few fitness issues. You're not going to see the best of him for, for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, And I think Celtic knew that signing him. You're signing a top, top player when he is on his game but at this moment in time you know he's trying to build back up towards that and I think far too often you know us as fans I support a club Leanne supports a club and we see a player come in and instantly expect him to be at the top of their game mm-hmm. it doesn't work like that you know if he had a magic wand then it could but I think it's going to be a good 3-4 months before you do see him playing you know, at a level where you say do you know what he is now a standout player I think he's maybe only 31 yeah, yeah. he's got a 4 now. year yeah. deal yeah. I mean and if you look at players like you know Stephen Davis, for example, that's got yeah. that longevity. Mm. Now, I don't know if James McCarthy's got that in him because because of his injury history. 
but who's not to say that if you know you maybe need to persevere with him for another six months yeah. to actually get him right back to where James mm. McCarthy can be and how happy yeah. and comfortable at Celtic, and then you get the best out of him mm. for the next. He's got a four-year contract, mm. so Celtic will be hoping yeah. that that's the case. News coming soon. Would you rest David Turnbull as was suggested there? Yeah, yeah, I, I would give him a rest. Obviously, you know. Um, if he is looking tired then again you can bring him off the bench and if you've got someone like Rogic coming back then you know you could start him so yeah if he, if he needs a rest then definitely rest him but if he says he's okay to play he's of that age where he'll be playing for me because you know he's a constant threat as well and Mavrin what about Nier Beaton he's been there for so long he is so talented he's really international captains him sometimes yep. he's having his best season so far yeah he, again he's you know he's a brilliant player he never really let Celtic down I know at times in Europe maybe when he plays centre-half you know pace is Sometimes a problem for him. Looks, yeah, it looks mm. a lot more comfortable, you know, in a holding midfield area. But as you said, you know, he's another player that you're bringing to the pool of centre midfielders that they have, and you know, he'll never let you down. You can bring him in. You can play one game in every five. You can play five games in a row. You're always getting the same from Beaton. You know, he's seven, eight out of ten. You know, each time he comes out there. Will the team news soon, Sean? What's your prediction scoreline tonight? I always have the same theory when anybody <laughs> asks me predictions. If Celtic got an early goal, it could be any scoreline. But I feel as if. It'll be another stuffy game like the Aberdeen. I feel as if we might just edge it. Maybe 2-1, maybe 3-1. Just all depends on when that first goal goes in. All right. And we'll try and get you but the... I think, man- yep. I think Hearts will score. I think they will. The score? I don't okay. think we'll keep a clean sheet, no. We'll try and get you the secret of Leanne's nana. How, how <laughs> is she so good, so sharp, so fit, and so on the ball, age 90? Thanks, Sean. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with The Taxi Centre. Visit their showroom in Darnley, Glasgow to test drive your new taxi. Let's go! So, some of the news this afternoon. 2,000 Rangers fans will be allowed for the Leon Clash next week, next Thursday. Just 2,000 of them over there against the, the group winners and the Europa League. So, 2,000 going, but there'll be PCR tests uh, on the way and uh, the vaccine passport and all the rest of it is important. But uh, it's good to see fans at the game, I think, Leanne. And, yeah, it and is, it is. Yeah. yeah, I'm scared to turn the TV on these days because yeah. I, I see things changing so quickly. Um, PCR tests, chat about eight day isolation returning from there's so many so much speculation so I've just resorted this week to not really looking <laughs> at anything um, but no of course you want to have the fans there and if they can get there whether it's a PCR test or not vaccine passports absolutely get them in um, it's what football's all about it would be nothing without them all the protocols are there but we would say to everyone get the vaccine get the vaccination I got my third one the booster last week I, I was fine and even if you're not it's just overnight and then you'll be back and okay you won't need it for a long time Marvin Barley nor will you Leanne Crichton uh, this time last night it was Rangers just after this time up against Hibs at Easter Road it was a penalty 1-0 whether or not you thought it was when Ryan Kent was uh, tackled by uh, Ryan Porteous 
and uh, up came Kemar Rufi. He was quite cool, wasn't he? He was quite calm, Marvin, and, and took a good good penalty. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he waited for the goalkeeper to die. Yeah. He waited for Matt Macy to go down and, and then just put it on the other side. And, you know, to do that in the 86th minute takes a lot, a lot of confidence. You know, because you know it's a high-pressured penalty. You know you know what's riding there. It's more than three points you're playing before Celtic. You know, to create that gap and put the pressure on them. But, no, it's a fantastic penalty from him because it hits the back of the net. I suppose they all are, aren't they? Here's GVB speaking about the game, tough game, and uh, his defence was busy. It's always good, especially to to places uh, like Hips away. You know, it's, it's a tough opponent. And they're uh, they're a good side, very well organised, and so to uh, to keep the zero here for us is massive because we, we knew we always get chances. And today we scored uh, from a penalty, and uh, after that we we controlled uh, the the game uh, with with a substitution. You know, I put in uh, Lundstrom, so we had uh, defensively after that we were very solid. So. Uh, very pleased with the win. I'm not sure his defence was that busy. There wasn't that much much action. Uh, keep the zero. That's the new phrase, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think any game, you know, that's always your objective. I think any team that you look at that, that goes in a, a strong run, normally it's based on that foundation of, of clean sheets. It's so important, I think, just in terms of the confidence. Everything you work on week by week is, is defence from, you know, and that's for the front line right throughout the entire team. I thought Rangers did handle the game well probably in the closing 15 minutes or so I thought defensively they were quite ruthless at times you just need to clear your lines you know I think you've overseen Rangers trying to still play at stages in the game like that previously and they've been punished they've dropped points because of that um, whether it be in Europe or domestically so I think um, certainly seeing the game out was important in the clean sheet is an added bonus for any team I thought it looked nil-nil about 80 minutes and uh, I said those words and of course four minutes later a penalty and Rangers take the points Marvin and it's a big win for them there. Yeah, massive, massive win. And like Leanne said, you know, those defenders will know that, that the attacking players will create something. They'll get a chance at some point, you know, whether it's in the first 10 minutes or within the last 10 minutes. So their job basically is to keep a clean sheet because if we do that, we're going to have a fantastic chance of winning the game. And, you know, Ryan Kent gets a penalty and, and then Ruth puts it in the back of the net. So, yeah, you know, for, I think all the fans thought it was going to be 0-0. I thought everyone was thinking it was a draw when it got to that stage of the mm-hmm. game. Um, but as I said, you know, the Rangers uh, fans and, and the Rangers players will be going home delighted because, you know, they got the 1-0 win. Hello, Darren. Good evening. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, hey, good. Darren. Thank you. Darren, are you off to the match tonight, Celtic Hearts? Um, no, I was just saying there, um, I had the chance to work it at the night, uh, but I've, I've chose to take the warmer option. And, uh, <laughs> Don't blame, Don't blame you at all. Maybe I have a couple of uh, refreshments. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, because uh, Leanne, we saw you last winter. I mean, you definitely, of all the the media um, pundits, you had the, the hardest winter last year, but coming fast in the rail is you Marvin after Monday night at Fair Park yeah I'm, I'm done with being outside and I'll, I'll, that's it I'm staying in studios I told you that Darren what do you think you're going to see tonight and what do you want to ask for Leanne and Marvin yeah, I, I think we're going to see a, a different uh, um, game to what we've seen in the first game of the season obviously we've played them again since in the in the, the cup yep. and we beat them but um, I think we're going to see a completely different um, league game anyway to, to what we, we've seen in the first game and I just want to, the, the guys' opinions on, on how they think that, that the Celtic have progressed since that first game, you know, early doors by Ange, uh, to, to where they are now. And do you think that's going to um, continue throughout the season? And, uh, you know, if any transfers in January are going to help that? Good point. Uh, Leanne, what would you say this is game 15? That was game one. How's the report card looking? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just throw that at you. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think, look... There's clear progress, you know, I think it was um, a, a tough environment to come into, so much change, 
But Marv mentioned it quite early on in the show. If you find yourself at this stage with the, the opportunity tonight to, to go and win the game, be four points off the top, chasing, you're in a title race, you find yourself in a good place, undoubtedly. I think with the amount of discussions that we had last season towards the over the summer, the amount of change, um, the length of time it took for an appointment, there were so many ups and downs, so many great areas. So it's got to be, you know, I think if it was me, I would be quite happy with um, at least a good on the report card at this stage. Good for Ange Postacoglu from Leanne Crichton. Marvin Bartley? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with Leanne. You know, the the summer events with obviously the Eddie Howe saga that we, we all saw, <laughs> <laughs> we all saw it unfolding. Um, you know, Ange would have liked to have been in a lot, lot earlier than he was. So the players were still trying to get used to, you know, his way of playing, you know, the style he wanted to play. I think Sorrow started that night. I think Starfelt came out of isolation maybe a day or two before. So he had just met his teammates, you know. So it was, it was a very, very difficult period for Celtic. And, you know, during that time, obviously, you want to be winning games. But they're a lot different in terms of a team now. They're a lot further down the line in terms of the evolution of, of what Andrew wants to do and how he wants to play. And that, that will continue definitely going forward. Um, they haven't perfected it because, you know, they're not winning every single game. Um, but, you know, they're, they're definitely a, a different beast than they were at the start of the season. And I expect Celtic to, you know, come out and, and, and win today's game, as I said, quite comfortably. Darren, so is that good? Would you say Marvin are very good? Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with good because Leanne's a head teacher, so I can't go against the head teacher. I'm going to go with good. That was very school man there, wasn't it, schoolmaster? <laughs> for sure. Uh, Darren, what would you say? Yeah, I, I would agree. I'd, I'd say a good. Um, certainly, you can see the, the philosophy. You can see most of the players have bought into that um, philosophy. But I think that probably remains to be seen if every player is a, is, is good enough to be able to perform to that. Um, his style of play over a course of a season, um, but I mean, to be fair, the, the guys and I think like Tony Ralston's bought in uh, mm-hmm. massively. But again, it's just where I don't think he's quite got the players like him. I haven't got the the quality to see it through. But you know, hearts after them and hearts after Ange for getting the the best out of somebody like Tony because I don't think anybody would have um, even imagined how how he would have got on or got to this stage um, in the season. Yep. I think also the sorry Paul yeah. the cup final you know to look forward to as well if yeah. you had gave that to a, you know a lot of Celtic supporters in the summer that that would be the potential mm-hmm. at this stage of the season early December with the prospect of only being you know four points behind at the end of tonight and a cup final at the end of the month to look forward to I'm absolutely certain they would have bit your hand off based on last season's performance Marvin you've won silverware how big how important is that for a team in confidence what's it like to win a cup oh it's massive you know it's absolutely massive for not only the players but the football club um, and probably for the manager for him also you know Ange wants to come in and do that like we said you know Leanne just said there they, they lost that game to Hearts and if you would have said you'd be in a cup final in December and you got a chance going four points behind Rangers a lot of people would have, t- have taken that so yeah it's massive you know it's, it's all about you know the development of what he's trying to do at the football club you need to be winning silverware along the way and as a manager, it reassures the players as well what you're doing is correct. You know, when you get that, that that trophy and you can say, this is the reason we're doing what we're doing. This is why we're working so hard. This is why we're trying to perfect you know, ourselves in this attacking phase or this defensive phase. And as I said, it just reassures everyone. It gives everyone that, that boost of confidence and they'll say, right, remember how it feels to win this cup. Imagine how it will feel to, uh, feel to win the league rather and that's what they'll be aiming for. It's a huge month, as you know, Darren. Nine fixtures for Celtic, eight for Rangers because they missed up in the cup final. Uh, busy schedule. Look, you, you do your planning and, um, you know, obviously once we knew we were in the cup final, we knew that there'd be another game game sort of jammed in there. And um, so we, we plan, um, but after the planning and everything sort of, you know, set out, it's really about being 
dynamic, being alert and, and treating it every day as, as as it comes because you can sort of try and pre-plan things where, you know, in terms of squad rotation, who mm-hmm. potentially needs a rest and so forth. But, you know, you get injuries, you get loss of form, you get things you need to change. So what we're trying to do is, and what I've always done, is just go on a day-by-day basis, see who, who, who looks good, who feels right for the next game. Do you know, we haven't spoken about Jota. Darren, <laughs> what would you say? He's obviously, uh, well, he was the player of the month for October. Uh, what about the Portuguese player? And yeah, I know, well, I'm sure you'd love to sign him. No, absolutely. Just to touch on what Leanne says about the cup final, I think mm. with the, the, the busy fixtures, I think having that cup final is just going to push the, the, the players on as well. But yeah, Jota's been absolutely fantastic, you know. Um, to get him on loan, you know, it's been great. But to have that, that uh, you know, the, the agreed fee is been absolutely criminal if we don't uh, action that or kick it into action. But again, as it gets better and plays and performs to a higher standard, there's going to be more clubs coming for him. And even though we've got that agreement, we still need to get him to agree. But if there's better options out there for him, the longer we leave it, the, the more his head's going to be turned. How good would that be for Celtic to get him? I believe they they the terms are agreed with the clubs, but it's the player mm-hmm. and the agent um, who would have to decide. Jota's not said anything yet. He's loving life and he's getting games, which he wasn't at Benfica. Yeah, well, I think the manager said something like that, didn't he, at the beginning of the week, that Celtic has been good for Jota. Yep. Um, and he's certainly enjoying his football and that's important. And you can take that for granted at times as a footballer. I think you can believe that you can go to any club and make a difference or you can go to any club and perform well, but that's, that's not always the case at the depends on the manager's philosophy and the style of play and the teammates that you've got and the environment that you operate within and I don't think there's many clubs that Jota really would have got the opportunity to go to that he would have been I think he's loved and adored already by the yeah. fans you can see that the way he performs I think he brings the stadium to light um, he's a real entertainer I think we're lucky to have him in Scottish football just now I think those types of players are a dying breed almost you could say you mm. don't see many of them um, out and out wingers that every time they get the ball they want to attack he's so positive with the way that he plays and um, it probably it would be criminal if Celtic couldn't get it over the line but if, it, if it's up to the player then you would like to think that there's been enough of an impact made at this stage and, and you know he could go on for another season and that price tag you could only imagine what level yeah. that could get to if he goes and performs well consistently for maybe even 18 months at Celtic and really go and prove his worth and Marvin if they were to win the title it could be Champions League well it will be for him next year if they win is, is that that could be part of the, t- the carrot to dangle to the player. Yeah, definitely. You know, every, every player wants to play in the Champions League. And as Leanne says there, you know, Jota's came in and he's been absolutely fantastic. You know, that's down also to the manager for allowing him to play that way. It's down to his teammates. You know, they find him at the right times. And I think it also helps with him having Kyogo in the middle. You know, I think when those two are playing together, he's at his best because as a defensive team, sometimes you're looking at Kyogo and wondering where he is. And that opens up the space for Jota. Because Kyogo's not there, he can get a bit tighter to Jota because he's not worried about the centre forward um, as much. But yeah, I agree with Leanne, you know, to come to Celtic at such a big club, because you wouldn't have known how big the club was. Because mm. I didn't know how big the Scottish teams were until yeah. I came up here, you know. Did you not? Talking no, about, no, no, no. I, I genuinely didn't. And I was, you know, four hours down the road. Yeah. Um, you, came, you come up and you see Rangers and you see Celtic and you're like, wow, you really don't understand when you're down in England. So I'm assuming he would have been the same. And he's came there and like Leanne said, he's adored by the fans. You know, they're constantly singing his name. He's playing in front of large crowds every single home game. 
Um, so for him for, and for his career, he's still a young man. He's still got a lot to learn, but he's definitely going in the right direction. And you know, Darren makes a good point there because I never thought about the players. I thought always the players would agree the you know the wages that they mm-hmm. would get. You know, should the you know the six and a half million clause be triggered. Um, but yeah, he might be asking for a little bit more money now after the impact <laughs> he's had. So it might be something for Klaus to think about in the future, get that um, agreed first and foremost with the player. And then, you know, you know, once you activate the six and a half million, then the contract is signed and sealed. If only we could have seen you up against them this season. He just missed you by months. Yeah, exactly. Well, I just missed him. It might have been a, a good timing for me, Paul. You were talking about my yeah. timekeeping earlier, but I think I got it right this season. <laughs> yeah. uh, Darren, I don't know if you heard Gabby the other morning as well as uh, our breakfast show. I heard a little bit online from uh, the Talk Sport breakfast show and Gabby was saying that players, a lot of players don't want to come out of London now. And it made me think about Scotland. And he said they don't want to go to Newcastle, for example. So they were talking about the riches coming to Newcastle. But he said a lot of them. Now, apparently there's quite a furore about it and other players said that's not true. Yeah. But he was suggesting, so is that, do you think that's nonsense? No, and my point is, it's so Scotland. expensive though. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to be in London. Right, if you're okay. one of the top teams, then you're, you're okay. If you're an, even for a championship team, for example, in London, then you, know, you, you can't afford to live there. It's such an expensive place. But for me, I'm, I'm glad to be out of it. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm not the most uh, sociable guy. <laughs> well, you're too busy training, you know, yeah, coaching, exactly. uh, and doing the TV on. and radio as well, a bit like Leanne. Uh, Darren, scoreline tonight. What do you reckon? Um, I'm going to go for three-one Celtic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's got. I think it's going to be. A, it's not going to be a, a thrashing three-one. You know, it's not going to be. I don't think we're going to dominate um, wildly, but I think it's going to be a, a, a three-one. Uh, and but Hearts, are, Hearts are good. They, they're a team that can keep in the the game for 90 minutes so they're always a threat should be a good watch tonight shouldn't it I think yeah. it'd be a cracker yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it'd be a, a really good game just it depends I think there's two sides to Hearts just now and it depends mm-hmm. which which version of them turn up tonight and I spoke about the tactics how they shape up and what sort of system they look to play to I think try and contain Celtic that has got to be part of the game plan um, but the way Hearts have played when they have played well this season it's been an all out attacking style for them as well so it could be a bit of a basketball <laughs> game tonight to be fair <laughs> The two faces of them. It's a bit like uh, Hibs. Is this an Edinburgh thing? <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde. Might just be Joe Hart against Craig Gordon tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I know Craig Gordon played so well at the weekend and Joe Hart's had some, some magnificent saves. Darren, thanks so much for calling in to Go Radio. Cheers, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks, Cheers. Darren. Thank you. The Go Radio football show with the Taxi Centre. Visit their showroom in Darnley, Glasgow to test drive your new taxi. Let's go. Paul Cooney and the Go Radio show with the Taxi Centre with Marvin Bartley, Leanne Crichton and loads of your calls coming in tonight. People in good form, Leanne, aren't they? They're all quite looking forward to tonight. So half the city happy with Rangers last night and the other half looking forward to Celtic against Hearts this evening. We'll give you the team news soon. I think that's what a midweek football fixture does for you, isn't it? Even like when you're in the show and you're speaking about the games, it's nice to have the games on. The European games do that as well. So um, both sides of the, the city and certainly through in the capital have had their, their football fix. Yeah, I've got some bad news for them though. It looks like the Celtic game against London United that the Jerry Kerr stand's going to be closed. They've yes. just tweeted that now, so I don't know what that'll do for the away fans whether, uh, whether they'll be able to go. So Well, we put them on, on a high. They've been on good form yeah. and now they're going <laughs> to be... Uh, be raging, and that would be bad news for Sky as well. That's the big game, isn't it, on Sunday? Mm, yeah. So earlier, Dundee United said they were confident, but of course, on the hands of the the public safety, yeah, you of can't course, take yeah. Any, if it's not safe, yeah. then you, and you can't take that action. Oh. Um, you know, you, you can't have fans within there. So I imagine they'll be moving all the fans out of there into the other stands, which will probably mean no away supporters. Um, you know, we're just talking about you know them being able to go across to Leon and how fantastic it yep. is and mm-hmm. the atmosphere, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But nothing could be done here. You know, it's it's kind of like an almost like a natural um, cause so 
there's nothing that can be done and obviously Dundee United will be disappointed with that as well. Yeah, well, Chris will keep an eye on that but that's uh, the breaking news that the Jerry Kerr stand will be closed on Sunday there at Tannadice. I wonder if they could move it to Dens Park. That probably sounds like a solution but it's a logistical <laughs> nightmare, isn't it? Just to, Someone's been on the socials already. Jimmy's on saying, could they move it to Dens Park? Uh, no, I would well, doubt listen, it. Listen, if I'm yeah. the chairman of Dundee, the no. seats left in the yeah, stadium. Yeah, exactly. After. Yeah, could you imagine that? Yeah, Few souvenirs. I say we're know. using our pitch for something. Yeah. <laughs> the table tonight looks like this: after the 15 games, Rangers on 36 points, goal difference of 19. Celtic one less game. 29 points, goal difference of 22. So that is narrowing the gap. Celtic were further ahead, goal difference-wise. Rangers, seven points clear at the moment. Celtic in action in just over an hour. Uh, the Hearts, as we mentioned, 27 points after the 11. Dundee United in 25 after 16 games. Motherwell, just a point behind. Um, and they are also in and out, up and down, but a big win for them the other night. Tony Watt, Peach of a goal. Talk about it in a moment or two. Hibs on 18 along with Aberdeen. St Mirren on 17. Dundee on 16. St Johnson 14. Unfamiliar territory in you know, this time of the year, Dundee. But they had a poor start last season, I know. And Livingston on 13. Ross County on 11. Marvin, you're in great form tonight. But obviously coming back from Aberdeen... Um, it was a tough one, you know, 2 yeah. 0. Um, I know there was a controversial, there was a, an offside decision, yeah. which having seen it, it should have gone the other way. Yeah. You know, you've got to watch what you say. Yeah. But um, resilience time, isn't it, for you, for David Martindale, and for your team? 100%. Um, you know, firstly, touching on, on that goal, it's, it's disappointing for us because you you work hard on, you know, squeezing the game, you work hard mm -hmm. on being on the halfway line and, and the boys being on the same line, etc., when we are defending and they, and they do everything right. And then, you know, a goal like that happens and, and it's extremely disappointing because it's out of our hands, you know, and it's quite a, a basic one to see as well. So, you know, who knows, you might get an email with an apology yesterday and say, uh, sorry, tomorrow and say, you know, it is a mistake and kind of the linesman holds his hand up to it. But yes, yeah, time for resilience. It's time for us to, you know, keep picking up points. We knew at the start of the season that it was going to be a tough season. Um, you know, I think this is the strongest Scottish Premier League I've I've seen since being up here. Is it? Um, yep. Yeah, yeah. I think mm. about being disrespectful to, to Hamilton, you know, yep. you, you've played them with hearts. You know, a team that are now third in, in the league or fourth in the league, wherever they might be. So it shows you the quality that, that they have within their squad and obviously Dundee coming up as well. Um, you know, another massive club. So it's very, very difficult. Uh, you can kind of see the league now beginning to separate. And it's so important that, you know, we try and hang on to the team, you know, on top of us rather than looking over our shoulder. Um, but, you know, at this moment in time, we're only two points off the bottom of the table. We, we spoke about it yesterday. We know the battle we're in and it's only up to us to fix it. You know, it, it's about us within the, within the dressing room. We, we're the only people that can fix it. Um, we've got a lot of games coming up, as Leanne said. So hopefully we can pick up some points in the month of December and then reassess in January. For Aberdeen, sorry, Leanne, when you look you, at, yeah? when you look at the table there, though, mm. we are speaking about Celtic being seven points mm. behind Rangers just now, but there's only seven points between sixth spot and, and bottom of the table. It just shows you yeah. how tight it can be, and, and all it takes is for one team to go on a decent run, yeah. pick up a, a couple of victories, and another team just to fall by the wayside. I mean, we spoke not too long ago about how well Dundee United had started mm -hmm. the season. Motherwell are now only a point behind them, you yeah. know, and there's been there's been no chat around Motherwell and, and the way they've performed really. Um so it just shows you what a couple of really good results at yeah. a vital point of the season. I think for Aberdeen it's a vital point of the season, isn't it? These these two games were probably deemed a must win for mm -hmm. Stephen Glass and certainly yeah. they, they got one um last night they did Ryan Hedges his first goal of the season it's hard yeah. to believe isn't it and uh, David Bates late in the game 2-0 um, so Aberdeen so much money spent it's tough for the manager isn't it Stephen Glass I mean he had to get a win last night I don't know what that quite means I'm not saying he would be in trouble because he's brought in by the chairman you've got to give them time 
But sometimes that's the commodity that's missing in football time. Yeah, but that's the thing, you know, again, within football, because, you know, fans speak about they want a different style of play and then, you know, an owner tries to do that and then yeah. they want the style of play to click straight away. It, it can't happen. You know, football's the only business where you get, you know, 10, 12 weeks and all of a sudden you're, you're out of a job. Um, just because things haven't gone right straight away. There has to be longevity in what they're trying to do. Um, there's no point in them just, just changing things. Stephen Glass was obviously the man that they thought was the right one to bring this philosophy to the football club. Um, they still believe he is the right man. You know, so, so just back him. You know, they, There's going to be ups and downs because you are trying to change things. He's probably got players within that dressing room or within that squad that can't play the way he wants them to play. But you can't change it all in one transfer window. It takes three or four transfer windows to you know really get the players in that you want. So... Yeah, they have to be patient, but as you said, that's not a thing that you're often offered in football. Time. Let's go back to Celtic against Hearts tonight because there'll be thousands of people in the cars heading to East End of Glasgow. Uh, the manager's been speaking about Forrest v Abada. Not against each other, but Forrest, <laughs> obviously, he's come on to great effect in recent, recent weeks. And Abada, what a fine. Only uh, 20 years old. Here is AP. You know, it's like any other position. Um you know, we have we want to have players who are able to to compete for positions and and perform at a certain level. And you know, with the amount of games we have, it's especially in that front area, it's important we keep our players fresh and we keep our players, um, you know, in the right frame of mind. And you know, with James, as I said, he's, he's missed a lot of football, and there's no chance he's going to be playing every game uh, when you've had such an interrupted start to a season. Um, we've got to make sure that he's he's available every game, and to do that, we've we've got to make sure that you know we we understand where his body's at and where he's at, and um, you know he recovered well after his first game, and it was good to get him some minutes again on the weekend, and he felt good about that. Having Liel there and, and Mikey Johnson in those wide areas um, is going to be important for us. Celtic need James Forrest now at this stage of the season. They absolutely do, yeah. And what a player to have, mm. you know, to to come back in with that amount of quality and understanding. He's always a consistent performer, James Forrest. I don't think he ever goes through a, a period in time where he performs badly. You know, I think he can operate anywhere between a, a 7 and a 10 in, in certain games. Big moments, I think he's a big game player. And, and Celtic fans started to understand that more for the, the length of time that they went without him in the team. But to have the option to bring him in and out, I think is also really important because you need to recognise injuries that he's had and the types of injuries that sometimes your body, Marv, as well, doesn't respond well to just coming back in and being bombarded yep. with, with game after game. So to have the, the luxury of bringing him in and out and bringing him on when you need him is a massive boost for Celtic. 100% and that's probably the reason he's, he's in from the start today. So... You know, he does offer you that that running in behind and, and like Leanne says there, between him and Abada, is there much difference? Probably not. But that's why you have a squad of players. You know, it's no longer relying on James Frost and thinking, well, the next players are a massive downgrade to him. Mm -hmm. You know, you can take him out of the team and you still have, you know, someone strong on the right-hand side. But for me, he's fantastic. You know, I know he came into a, a lot of stick when Celtic weren't doing that well. Um, but as Leanne said, when he was injured, I think they really saw the fans, you know, how much they missed him. Um, because again when you're, when you're looking at Celtic and you're analysing them he's a player that you have to be wary of because literally if that ball goes in behind and he's in a foot race he's winning it you know, so your defensive position has to be spot on and that's probably the reason he started today to make sure Hearts don't try and push too far up the pitch He's, in, he's intelligent in that sense so mm. a lot of players probably even coming off the bench they mm. watch the game but they're not watching the game as in how can I make a difference yeah. when I go on James Forrest is a player that's watching, thinking, right, he's maybe not doing that right. That's where the space is. He comes on and he makes a difference straight yeah. away because he, he knows and he understands it and he gets it. 
Twelve ball Padilla. It's funny you say that because whenever we see him coming on, if we've got Alan Forrest on the bench, we put him on at the same time. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, and down the same side. So hopefully, for, sorry for his brother, he doesn't want to go in behind him and score. So <laughs> that did actually happen. Yeah, it's so, happened a couple yeah, of times. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as see James getting warmer to come on, we're like, right, yeah, Al, you're ready. <laughs> Goal for Forrest on the radio. Which one? Yeah. <laughs> Give us a clue. Who's the penalty taker for Celtic? Well, Juranovic did it, as we know, last week. Uh, the Panenka. He was asked about it by the media. Here's what he said. We will see everything on the next next penalty, but like I said before, uh, I was talking with Joe Hart uh, from my next penalty. I will take Panenka and I keep my word. Right, so <laughs> what do you make of that, Marvin? Uh, the Panenka? I know it, it went in, it was great, we talked about it earlier, but really, you're an assistant manager now, what would you say? Hey, listen, if it hits the back of the net, then, then I'm all for it. You know, I played with Jason Cummins in the, in the semi-final of the Scottish Cup and he tried one and it went into Rosette, so, you know, it's slightly different when, they, when they're hitting them over. But listen, if you hit the back of the net, however you want to do that, then, you know, as an assistant manager, I, I'm all for it. So just about putting it in the back of the net and as I said, he had the confidence to do it. It came off, it was actually a perfect one, as Leanne said, it hit the underside of the bar and, and goes in it's, it's impossible to save so yeah if he's hitting the back of the net I'm sure his manager won't have a problem with it <laughs> Is he your penalty taker now if you were the boss at Celtic? Yeah he would be yeah. I, I think you have to you know if you, if, you, if you score your last penalty then you should be taking it clearly he's confident enough to, to step up and take them so I think he's scored two now hasn't he this season Yeah um, How does it work at Livy Marv have you got a, a set penalty taker or does it change No in, we, ha we have a yeah. set penalty taker but don't get me wrong if he's, if that player's on the pitch and they then decide that they're not confident to take it then we have someone else who, who will yeah. take the penalty um, so you know you might be having a bad game and you think to yourself do you know what I'm not confident to take this which is absolutely fine um, you know, you move on to the next person. So we do have options. The boys, you know, stay out there and, and practice them definitely the day before a game, but they try and hit a couple uh, during the week as well. I'm going to ask you more in a minute, but we're going to give you the Celtic team. As Hibs have announced, they've got an extra 2,000 tickets for the cup final um, at the end of the, the third last week, just before Christmas, 19th, isn't it? For 19th, the cup final? Yeah. Yep, 2,000 more tickets. So that's 19,500. Right, here's the lineup for Celtic tonight against Hearts. So Hearts, of course, in goals. Ralston, Starfelt, he's back from injury, Welsh and Juranovic, McGregor the captain, Turnbull is playing, Forrest too, Rogic, Jota and Kyogo. On the bench for Celtic, trying to writing at the bottom, Bain, Beaton, Ayeti, Abada, McCarthy, Johnson and Montgomery. So no real surprise. Uh, what do you think of the Celtic lineup, Leanne? Yeah, it's strong again, isn't it? I think any Celtic lineup you see that Kyogo through the middle always looks strong. Um, a couple of changes, I think. You know, Starfelt coming back in, Welsh has found himself back in there at centre back as well. If anything, that's the the areas that normally questions are, are still asked defensively of Celtic, isn't it? I think middle to front they're pretty solid and inconsistent. Um, but not a strong lineup. And, and David Turnbull starts one of the callers earlier. I wasn't sure if he would get a rest tonight with, with Rogic coming back in, but both start and Callum McGregor is is in there. The first name in the team sheet as always. For sure. What do you make of the lineup, Marvin? Yeah. Um, again, you know, seeing Forrest come in, seeing Rogic come in, um, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all. You, you need to be freshening things up. I think Welsh has been fantastic. You know, I, I really do. He's never let Celtic down whenever he's came into play. He was in and out of the team. You know, he came out obviously for more experience. Um, Carter Vickers when, when, when he came in. But again, you know, when he comes back into the team, you know what you're getting from Welsh. I think he's going to be a top, top quality centre-half and, 
you know, I'm, I'm glad to see him starting. So I'll be I'll be watching him definitely. And you're tonight. seeing an improvement there, and because he was shoved <laughs> in last season, wasn't he? Yeah, from nowhere. Of course, yeah. And when you go into a team, you know, as a young player and, and a team, and everybody's struggling around you, and everyone's kind of scrutinising everything, it's very very difficult. And he came through that period, and it'd be all the better for it now because you've seen him this season when Celtic are doing well. He's he's been absolutely fantastic. So it's all about experience for him. And as I said, you know, he's he's a player who who puts his heart on his sleeve and he wears his heart on his sleeve rather than put his his body in front of blocks. And everything else and you know as I said I think he'll be at Celtic for a long time because he's a top quality defender he's going on to be one still a young man at this moment in time obviously it was one of the headlines yesterday was CCV Cameron Carter-Vickers would he be 10 million to come permanently to Celtic but uh, not in tonight so you'd have to think it's an injury then with uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers <coughs> yep. yeah he's not even on the bench yep. Paul. Mm-hmm. must be Yeah, must be an injury be. there yep uh, Dundee United have confirmed as Marvin gave us the breaking news 20 minutes ago the Jerry Kerr stand is closed so that means regrettably a number of Celtic supporters are unable to attend the match <coughs> this has come out I think from Celtic here clearly they say we sympathise with all those supporters affected and understand the disappointment please note Celtic supporters who have been allocated tickets in the stand will receive a full refund Celtic will manage the refund process so that's the news there on that. Thanks, Joe, for that coming in. And, uh, well, we gave you Celtic, we gave you the hearts lineup. Gordon, the captain, in goals, of course. Smith, Kingsley, Suter, Herring, McAniff, Woodburn, Devlin, Mackay, Halkett, Janelli. On the bench, Stewart, Boyce. Liam Boyce is on the bench. Mackay Stephen has scored at the weekend, starts on the bench. Moore, Cochrane, Gundley, and Pollock. What do you think? Some changes there in Hearts, yeah. Yeah, it's still a strong lineup though. Um, slightly surprised yeah. that Liam Boyce hasn't managed to find his, his way back into the the starting eleven. But Ben Woodburn has been pretty good up top for Hearts. But no, it's a strong lineup. Many familiar names within that, and um, it looks. I'm just try to work out the shape if yeah. there has been a change there or, or not, Paul. But we'll have a look during the break. Yeah, yeah. Nandwili, of course, there on the bench, just looking at it. And uh, that's what I, I mean. It almost like they yeah. have a false nine. So. Yeah. They, uh, don't yeah. know how they're going to try and get up the pitch. Boyce for me has to start. Yeah. No matter how you're playing, and obviously, listen, Robbie Nilsson knows him a lot better than us. He sees him every day. But I, I don't care how you're playing. He has to start. He's the first name because he can get you a goal out of absolutely anything. So, you know, whether he's carrying an injury, you know, whether he's slightly tight or, or whatever else from the previous game, I'm not sure. But there's got to be a reason more than, than, than a tactical thing for him not to be playing. Mm, so Cameron Carter-Vickers out for Celtic. Starfelt in, Welsh is in as well. We can only assume um, an injury. Is he a £10 million player, CCV? Because you saw his first game, well, his first home yeah, game, I remember. I you know, weren't sure. He's got I, better. I'm yep. unsure, but I, I, I don't know if £10 million is is quite what Celtic are needing to spend. I don't know if he's looked that good. I think the moments that Celtic have probably slipped up or conceded still some cheap goals, I think he's very much been part of that. But I do think he's a player that could get better again, you know, coming into that environment. Mm. Tough probably coming in loan if you settle into that environment and a club, you know, backs you and pays that money for you and, and you're very much part of their plans, then, he, you know, you could see him taking his game to another level. Mm. The hand of Daniel Levy in there maybe as well though the chairman <laughs> at uh, Spurs just saying uh, 10 million. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. John Suter for free if I'm honest. You know, this <laughs> yeah, is the perfect well, audition for him today. Got, I know, if you've got that, yeah. what is it, 500,000 or something? Yeah, so yeah. John I'll, Suter I'll, for. I'll go in January and say, listen, we'll give you this, we'll, we'll take him now. Um, Carter Vickers is 
man with great pedigree, a player of great pedigree. But mm. as Leanne said there, if you've got £10 million to spend Celtic, I don't think it's, you want to be spending that on a centre-half unless he's going to get you 30 goals a season. So, Marvin, <laughs> yeah, you'd put down half a million yourself out of your own pocket. Uh, yeah, yeah, if I had it, I'll borrow 499000 off Leanne and then I'll put the other bit in. <laughs> All right, more on this as we build up to the game next. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! Go Radio Football Show with Paul Cooney, Leanne Crichton and Marvin Bartley. Thanks for all your calls tonight and all your messages. Loads of them coming in uh, and a lot on the go as well. For some Celtic fans, you will not be able to go to Dundee United Celtic at the weekend. The game does go ahead, but the Jerry Kerr stand is closed because of that storm, which we've all witnessed. Not so much in the West, but uh, we've had a bit of it. We got the tail end the other night, so there'll be more information coming to the fans who are there. But the game does go ahead. Tonight, the game very much going ahead. Celtic against Hearts. We gave you the lineup: Celtic Hearts. Celtic are Hart, Ralston, Starfelt, Welsh and Juranovic, McGregor, Turnbull and Forrest, Rogic is back, Jota and Kyogo, no Carter Vickers. Uh, you mentioned Rogic earlier on, Leanne, what you're looking for from him tonight. Tommy, as the manager calls him. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he'll come in and, and very much just do what Tom Rogic has been doing all season. I think he's a ball player. Uh, he's very creative I think he, he makes things a lot quicker in the middle of the pitch for Celtic I think he always looks to find that forward pass and, and that's where I think he links really well with Kyogo Marv spoke about um, the way Kyogo moves and brings other players into play but he also opens up that space in behind which then gives the likes of Forrest uh, and Jota you know, the, the, the areas to go and attack so um, I'm sure the manager will be de- delighted to have him back in his, his side and certainly freshen things up we're looking at the Hearts lineup, Marvin. Have you had time during the break there to see how they are going to line up? Because quite a few changes. Yeah, well, Leanne managed to work it out. Uh, she, had yeah. a, she had a pen and pad there, so <laughs> I was just knocking it about. Leanne, straight Leanne, back to you. Leanne, Leanne yeah. was the gaffer on this one. That was yeah. yeah. Well, we, we, we we're unsure. We were we thought possibly it could be the back three still, but when we looked at the personnel, thinking maybe Hearts have changed their back four with Smith going back in there at, at right back, along with Suter and Halkett at centre back and Kingsley on the left, the midfield three, Haring, Devlin and. McInef and up top it'll be Woodburn off the left Janelli I think will play through the middle and Mackay off the right um, so a, a strong lineup, I think you know probably could adapt and become more like a 4-5-1 out of possession um, to make it really compact and robust and I think if they have gone that three in the middle of the pitch which is trying to link up and, and match Celtic up as well because we know how dangerous they are centrally as well Yeah that Janelli one's really interesting because he's probably the fastest player at Hearts so mm-hmm. they're obviously expecting a Celtic do you know a Celtic part to be defended on the halfway line yeah. and it's, they're looking for the balls down the side um, because you know with Celtic's fullbacks they both like to push on so when you turn the play over I think they'll be trying to go down the sides and, and generally take some catching mm-hmm. um, so you know Welsh has to be and staff have to be on their game today because what they can't afford is one ball down the side and somebody's running in on your goal so Joe Hart's starting position will be absolutely key for, for Celtic today um, but no, I can see why Robbie Nelson has done it I, w- I was saying Boyce should be starting and I would start Boyce still mm-hmm. um, but generally definitely gives you more legs up there and you know, gives I suppose Hart's an attacking threat with, with one ball rather than having to build the play up and uh, for Celtic you mentioned them we didn't have time at that point what did you want to say about the skipper Callum McGregor Ah, he's unreal mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. yeah he's a top operator he's, he's for me got to be the first name in the team sheet and we spoke earlier one of the callers had mentioned about David Turnbull and needing a rest I could only imagine the conversation if you suggested to Callum McGregor <laughs> if he could take a rest because I, I honestly don't yeah. think it, it's ever happened you know an occasion you see him maybe coming off early um 
so fit, so enthusiastic, yeah. so much energy, so much drive. He's taken his his game, you know, like many other Celtic players, I think, this season to another level under Ange Postacoglu. I think he's he's the reason why Celtic can turn the ball over so quickly, middle to front. Uh, he gives them so much balance and just structure around the team. No, he's a top performer. People wondered how he would rise to that, not as a player, but to be the captain. You know all about that, Marvin. Yeah. How do you feel he's doing? He's taking it in his stride. He, he definitely is. Um, I have to agree with Leanne there. He is a top, top player. And I remember playing against you know Celtic under, under Lennon when they were missing a few players due to the trip they had abroad and, and the COVID situation. And he was constantly trying to motivate the players. You know, they were a depleted squad. They had him. Um, he was a real leader for them on that day. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. He really, really is a top, top performer. And I remember I came up here maybe my second year and a, and a manager down in uh, England had asked me about McGregor. I think it was yeah, Hibbs' first year in the Premier League and mm. I said, he's fantastic. Like, take him. Honestly, mm. take him. But I think it'll take a lot to take him out of Celtic. You know, I think it, it really is in his blood. Um, now he's captain of the football club mm. and, and I'll be totally honest, there's not many bigger clubs in England. Um, so, you know, you can go for the finances but when you talk about pride and, and coming out and, you know, playing in front of passionate fans, you know, I think he's in the right place for that. I think the that. character as well, Marv, that he's shown. You yeah. know, I think he came under probably a bit of criticism like every Celtic player did last season but more often than not, he was the one that fronted the media as well. Mm-hmm. He was the one that came out and spoke after those games and had to yeah. justify it. I think he scored mm-hmm. an own goal in one of the old firm games as well. And you almost felt for him because out of all the players, you know that he's he's certainly one player that, that does give his all and gets what it's about and understands what it means yeah. to the fans. And being in the, in the west of Scotland as well, you know how difficult that can be. So um, I think even internationally, the way you know he's played yeah. and performed for Scotland mm-hmm. again is the reason the midfield of, of Scotland is the reason why again they are doing so well just now the balance and the intensity and the energy and, and everything about them um, but he, agile was a word that, that Ange mm-hmm. Postacoglu it's a word that I like and it's probably a word you can use to describe Callum McGregor because it doesn't matter what team he's in he will find a way to play in a manner in which complements other players and that takes really top players to recognise that a lot of players play to show that they're always the best player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Callum McGregor's never interested in that. Callum McGregor plays to the benefit of the team and the people around him. That's why he's he's had so much consistency throughout his career. Is Marvin going to give us the exclusive? Who was that manager? <laughs> how, who was that time. manager? <laughs> no, he hasn't said a word. I so like I just, what you did there. I just threw that there. I know. So, right. So there's other news coming in this afternoon. There's so much happening. Uh, the St Mirren chairman, John Needham, has been fined £6,000 over historical derogatory tweets about Rangers and their fans. He was charged with, see, with three separate rule breaches by the SFA last month over the posts. It came after the St Mirren chairman had referred to derogatory terms to Rangers and mm-hmm. to their supporters at St Mirren. I think uh, that makes the position there, I would imagine, pretty much untenable um, if you're chair of the club. So, for tonight, what else? Well, downside, I just want to mention, mm-hmm. what about Man United against Arsenal and Man United under new management? And I see Ranjik is here tonight, although Michael Carrick in charge. Is this going to work? We don't have much time, but in, in two minutes or so? Yeah, well, what yeah. I've heard about him, he seems to be a top, top coach. Um, you know, I've not actually done a lot of reading about him myself, but I've seen Klopp speak about him and other top managers and say, you know, this is a problem for us now, you know, with the Man United squad that they have and and, and, and this man now leading the charge. I think it's been good for United because he comes in for manager until the end of the season and then he moves to director of football. So, yeah, you know, I think it, I think he'll do well. Um, hopefully he doesn't get a rise out of the players today because I support Arsenal. But, yep. you know, going forward, good luck to him. What a run Arsenal are on. Uh, Leanne, who's going to win that title? And what about Man United under Ranić? Yeah, I think the title will be, be close. I think those three teams up the top, but Liverpool are, are the one for me. I thought they were exceptional again last night. 
the Man United situation is a strange one. I don't know if it's what Man United need. The only time will tell, but I think he's in a, a privileged position that he's guaranteed a job for two years off the back of a, a term and mm-hmm. period in time that who knows how it's going to go. Um, he's probably got the best job in football right now because I don't think there's many managers that can look beyond the next game um, and he's looking beyond the next two and a half years, so he's done well. And uh, what about the Scotland result? Scotland's women, 8-0 against Spain. I tried not to mention it until the last few minutes. What's your feeling on it? Shouldn't we be doing better? We've done a we lot should. of good work. But yeah, no, what did you feel? 100%. No, I was across the game, really disappointed in the result, gutted for the players because it's never nice to be out there. Um, certainly losing with that margin was so long ago as well. It's a tough place to be, a lonely place to be, but... Um, I think it's got to land at the manager's door I think there needs to be answers I, I don't see improvements in the short time that he's been in but I know the quality that's within that squad I didn't see an identity the other night which concerned me um, I didn't see them adapting within the moment and I looked at a lot of players and I, I felt like they looked lost so we need answers we need them quickly and, and the quality that's there this team have got to kick on and certainly improve come April because there, there are good players in our team and they're playing at a really high level. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, the pool's probably improved a bit since Leanne retired from international Absolutely. football as well. <laughs> no, they could have done with her back out there. But yeah. listen, I agree with Leanne. You know, I, I'm not an expert on, on, on women's football like Leanne is, but I do watch enough of it to know there are a lot of good players within there. And like you said, they shouldn't be losing 8-0 to anybody. Um, you know, Leanne speaks with a lot of passion there and, you know, I, I think they could go a lot you know, further wrong than, than getting her involved because I think you know, her passion and the way she articulates herself about football would be a, a massive boost for them. Sure. The one thing that baffled me, Paul, was we started without a striker. Yeah. Um, Caroline Weir played almost as a false nine and uh, when I look at the system like that with the opposition that they were going up against, it was brave, maybe maybe silly. Mm-hmm. Um, Caroline came off at half-time and as far as I'm aware from what I've seen, she didn't look injured. So it's alarming if, if one of your best players is getting hooked at half-time and you're playing with that sort of system. I know Spain are a, a top sure. opposition, yeah. but you've got to have a striker on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Shades of Craig Levine there, but we won't go into that. And it's the Women's Cup final on Sunday. Your old team, Glasgow City, up against Celtic. Prediction? Uh, I think it'll be close, but I've got a feeling Glasgow City, we've played against them um, recently. They look so far still like the, the best team for me. Um, hopefully they run Celtic hard. We've got Celtic the following weekend, so if they can take as much out of them uh, as they possibly can, and um, we'll look look to see if we can kick on off the back of it. So tonight, in the final 60 seconds on the programme, Rangers sit top on 36 points, Celtic on 29, Hearts on 27. Marvin, how's that going to look? This time tomorrow, how will the table well, look? I think Celtic are going to have 32 points. You know, I think the table is is refreshing. You know, seeing Hearts and, and Dundee United up there, and, and Leanne said also Motherwell now. I think it's refreshing for our game. It'd be fantastic if we could get someone to you know separate the big two, but I, I can't see it coming. You know, Celtic are, are really getting into gear now, and and Rangers have been, as I said, criticised by by some corners, but they're still top of the league, so that shows how good they can be. You know, once they start to click. So yeah, I expect Celtic to win today's game, and it'd be an interesting game, definitely. Scoreline? I am going to go 2-0 to Celtic. 2-0, Marvin. I like Barton. clean sheets. I yeah, enjoy clean indeed, sheets. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> so what do you think, Leanne? I do think Celtic will edge it tonight. I think it'll be a, a close game. Um, I think Hearts are looking for a response. I think they'll get one tonight. But with the quality in that Celtic side, I, I fancy them just to, to nick the three points. But as Marv says, it's excellent for the, the Scottish game. When you look at those teams and even the fixtures at the weekend, Dundee now in a good run, they go to Ibrooks. Celtic will go to Dundee United off the back of this. When you look at uh, the points that Hibs have got, Motherwell are above them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mentioned it's so tight at the bottom. You know, Livingston going a decent run, pick up some points. In Ross County, the games that they have played, they've, they've scored and they've yeah. kept clean sheets. So I don't think you can really write them off. 
certainly not at this stage of the season. So, no, Scottish football's in a good place. Great to see you both. Likewise. It, it whipped in the last two hours. And happy birthday to Etta tomorrow, yes. your, your nana. Plenty of birthday Please do. See you soon. Jokal Day is up next. Thanks, everyone. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com. Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.